Welcome back to NWA Nuggets with Altitude. I'm Derek Lee. I'm Drew Gurkin. And uh, it's been a really rough week for Nuggets fans all around the world. Uh, this past week, the Nuggets played Memphis, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, and Houston, and they lost all four games. Mm-hmm. So that's spectacular. <laughs> not bad. Not bad. So yeah, The Nuggets are currently 9-5 uh, and five now. Uh, they play... Atlanta tomorrow, so that should be a game to look out for. Uh, just to recap the last four games, uh, last four losses, too. Uh, the Nuggets lost against Memphis at a FedEx Forum in Memphis. Nikola Jokic was fined $25,000 for his uh, comment about Wendell Carter Jr. following the Bulls game. Uh, if you haven't seen that video, you can go check it out online. I'm sure there's video about that somewhere. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Jokic did not have a very good game. He only had four points, seven rebounds, four assists, three steals, which is not bad, but he had six turnovers and five fouls, and he only shot the ball once. One time. Yeah. I mean, we're not paying – well, it's like I'm paying the money for the team, but, like, the Nuggets aren't paying Jokic this max contract for him to shoot the ball one time. And the one time he did shoot the ball was for the game, for was for the game winner. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I like that he's looking for the shot in the game winner, and I feel like in most scenarios that's his shot to take. Yeah, like you want. I mean, if you if the game's on the line, you want to give the ball to the best player, and that's probably gonna. I mean, pretty much every night it's Jokic, and I mean. Shoot, if he would have just shot maybe five times that night, I felt a lot more confident. Because I mean, if you shoot just one time an entire game, you're not going to have the rhythm to shoot that shot. And it was close, and it wasn't that bad of a shot. It's just if you shoot one time the entire game, the odds of it, I feel like going in are no good. And he had six turnovers that game. That For a big man, I know he's a great passer, and I know he's really good at facilitating the ball. And that's why his turnovers are a little bit higher than, than the normal center. But still, six turnovers for a guy like that, you can't be doing that. And really, that's probably why the Nuggets lost, because they only lost by two points. And if you could, if Jokic just played a little bit better that night, they would have won pretty hand, hand, handedly. So, Yeah, I think Jokic was really trying to force the pass a lot of times during the game. There was uh, one instance I remember where uh, the shot clock was running down. It was about like two seconds. And... Uh, Jokic passed it into the corner to Trey Lyles, who then passed it to, uh, I think it was Monte Morris, and they ended up getting a shot clock violation. But uh, Jokic had some opportunities where he could have taken some shots, Mm -hmm. and he just decided to pass it up. So uh, I do appreciate how selfless he is from time to time, but there's just moments when he needs to take over the game, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Paul Millsap also had a really bad game, only two points, and he was one for seven from the field. Uh, The Nuggets just overall shot really poorly they're Mm -hmm. 39 percent from the field shot 25 percent from the three i think at this point in the season uh they had not shot above uh 40 percent from three i think it was but uh i think in the milwaukee game they did shoot above 40 for the first time uh jaron jackson jr for the grizzlies had a pretty good game 20 points seven rebounds three steals and three blocks and he shot seven for 15 from the field so it was just a really great game again for another rookie center against the Nuggets. What do you think about Jared Jackson's game? Yeah, I think he he's 
um, you know, rookie. I feel like this rookie class in general is really good. I feel like we've talked quite a few. I mean, whenever the Nuggets play against a team with a rookie, I feel like that rookie does good. And Jaron Jackson, he's a really good player. Um, I think. Um, I don't know if he'll actually ever be a twenty-point scorer. I just I don't like the way his stroke looks too much. I feel like his shot doesn't look that great. But I mean, all around, he's a very good player. Mm-hmm. He's really long and lanky lengthy and he and he's able to like get to the ball and he's really athletic which is always really helpful and he's just a the type of player that you look and you're like man this guy's gonna be good in the future and I just feel that way with uh with Jaron Jackson mm-hmm. so yeah Marcus Saul also had a great game for the Grizzlies he actually had uh the game winning free throws at the end there mm-hmm. uh, he had 20 points 12 rebounds four assists three blocks and he shot six of 13 from the field yeah. so uh, the Grizzlies big men pretty much had a field day against the Nuggets. Yeah. Uh, Trey Lyles actually did have a good game, though, for the Nuggets. 16 points and 9 rebounds. 6 for 9 overall. So it was good to see him uh, kind of get that shooting stroke back. He'd mm-hmm. been struggling a little bit early on in the season. And the Nuggets were actually able to keep Mike, Mike Conley relatively quiet. 4 points and 8 assists on 2 of 9 shooting. So while there weren't a lot of positives from this game, I think uh, the Nuggets' ability to keep Conley uh, from scoring that many points is really good. Uh, the Nuggets were also able to keep the bench for the Grizzlies pretty quiet. Marshawn Brooks uh, was the highest scorer off the bench for the Grizzlies with nine points. So, I mean, yeah, you want Jokic to shoot a little bit more, but, I mean, the Nuggets in the end kind of have to execute more, and I think that's it kind of spurred like a struggle that they've had in recent games where they just weren't able to execute at the end in crunch time. Yeah. And moving on to uh, the Brooklyn game, this was also another nail-biter. They lost by two points. Uh, Karis LeVert had the game winner for the Nets with uh, 0.3 seconds left, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, there's just a lot of negatives from this game as well. The Nuggets shot poorly from three again 27 percent they had a lot of foul trouble there was a lot of fouls called in this game for both teams i feel like especially towards the end uh tory craig also did not do well again three points one of four from three one of five overall jared allen was getting a lot of those uh foul calls um, when mm-hmm. gary harris and jamal murray were trying to get around those ball screens so uh he had a pretty good game jared allen did 18 points nine rebounds Five blocks. I noticed uh, during the game he was actually helping a lot on the weak side, and that's how he got uh, a couple of those blocks. Mm-hmm. Um, another poor first quarter from the Nuggets again. Uh, we saw this in the uh, Boston game, too, and uh, the Nuggets weren't able to pull off the comeback again this time. Um, Brooklyn was really good from three also. Jokic, again, with six turnovers. Like You want to see him cut down on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, D'Angelo Russell had a really good game 23 points, 5 assists, 4 rebounds 7 of 14 from the field and uh, lastly Gary Harris just had probably one of the worst games of his career 4 points, 1 of 11 from the field, did not make a single 3 in 5 attempts and he was defending Karis LeVert on that game winning layup and uh, probably shouldn't have reached for uh, the steal when he did in that kind of opened up space for LeVert to get that layup off. Yeah, I mean, on that last play that the Nuggets lost on, I thought Gary Harris was playing pretty pretty good defense. Um, he, I mean, LeVert just made a really good shot. It was it was hard. Um, he fell to the ground. It could have been arguably uh, a foul, 
and he still made the shot. So, um, Levert's just a really good player, and thank goodness that he, I mean, if you guys don't know, he uh, he dislocated his ankle, but it looks like there's a minimal um, injury to the ligaments and tendons in there, so it looks like he's going to be okay. But that guy's he's just really good, and he's probably going to be one of the candidates for most improved players this year. So that was a really good shot. I feel like the Nuggets all game were just like right there, like about to blow out Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and they just never did. I thought Jokic had an incredible game. Like if we, we, we were watching this game and Jokic was just able to back down guys at will, he would get triple team and he would still mm-hmm. make the bucket. He looked amazing. And he had 21 rebounds. At 37 points, he looked really, really, really good. And that's what we wanted, but then our guard play was just not good. Murray and, um, of course, Harris, We like uh, Derek was just saying, they just, neither of them played that great. And it just seems like all three of them kind of have to do well. And right now, I feel like this is the mode where we're really starting to miss Will Barn. Mm-hmm. Because... With Will Barn in the starting lineup, I feel like our first quarters were so much better. And right now, it's the first quarter that's killing us. Like, the Nuggets are playing catch-up ball the rest of the game. And with I mean, with that first quarter, it was just so bad. I was like, man, we're already going to lose this game. And it's in the first quarter, and they just play catch-up. So, I think right now we're just really missing uh, Will Barn, And we really missed him in this game because he could have been a guy that, that we went to to uh, – for those last few possessions, and um, the Nuggets also had kind of a shot to uh, to win the game, also. And Jokic turned over the ball, and they called a travel, but it did not look like a travel from where from we from where we were sitting. But uh, that's just a tough call, and I'm kind of surprised that the refs really called that call with that little time and the situation at hand. And um, so, because it just looked like he just made a simple uh, drop step, and uh, if anything it was a foul. By, I think it was Jared Allen that was guarding him with his knees. So uh, it was just a really tough loss for the Nuggets. And just all around, I feel like the Nuggets played bad besides Monte Morris and Jokic. But uh, I really like that Jokic played really well. And uh, that was definitely a confidence booster because, of course, the last game he did so bad. So, man, it was just a really tough day for to be the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I mentioned before, like Jokic did have six turnovers, but he had 37 points. And 21 rebounds. So, I mean, like, you can't really fault him at times because he's just trying to, like, make a point, too, especially after the last game in which he only shot once. Mm-hmm. Like, that was probably the best way he could have bounced back. And then Paul Millsap also had a bounce-back game as well, 11 points and 11 rebounds, mm-hmm. 4 of 8 overall. And then, like you mentioned before, Monte Morris had a really good game, 15 points and 6 rebounds, and shot 7 of 11 from the field. So, um, I think it was just a matter of the most of the guards for the Nuggets not really being consistent in this mm-hmm. game because the big men definitely came to play. And, uh, yeah, it's just a really unfortunate uh, loss for the Nuggets, especially mm-hmm. because there are just so many foul calls, so they could have capitalized on that as well. Mm-hmm. And then moving on to uh, the Milwaukee game on Sunday, the Nuggets lost 114 to 121, but there are definitely points during this game in which they could have won. Uh, Paul Millsap had a really good game, arguably his best of the season. He had 25 points, eight rebounds, six assists, two blocks. He had five made threes. That's yeah. definitely his best shooting performance of the season. 
shot six for 14 from the field. Jokic also had another good game, 20 points, six rebounds, six assists, seven of 14 from the field. Trey Lyles, all the big men, they were just doing really well. Trey Lyles had 16 points, five rebounds, and shot seven of 11 from the field. But on the Milwaukee side, Brooke Lopez had a career night with the eight made three-pointers. Brooke Lopez made eight three-pointers. So, uh, yeah, that's definitely not good for the Nuggets when uh, someone like Brooke Lopez is just given the freedom to huck them from distance, you know? So Yeah, and Brooke Lopez, I mean, he's no scrub from the three-point line. But he's not he's not great either. Yeah. He's he's about middle of the pack. And it's just I get that he's a big man. He's a center like Jokic that can shoot the ball at, but like you gotta know that. And if the guy hits shoot three or four threes, mm-hmm. gotta put a hand up, gotta get some defense, you know? Yeah. So I just feel like that's just terrible situational basketball for a guy that shot shoots eight for thirteen. That should never happen unless you're playing against Steph Curry because Steph Curry's like just that good. Mm-hmm. But a guy like Brooke Lopez can't even find his own shot from three. Yeah. Those are all spot up threes. It's not like this guy's creating for it. So that's just that's just awful defense. Yeah, and um, Mike Malone actually did rip into the team a little bit after the game. He said that um, the team must not have watched the scouting report on Brooke Lopez at all because he had made six threes the night before mm-hmm. against the Clippers. So I think that was a really good job of Mike Malone kind of not really taking ownership, but kind of um, calling out the players and making sure like mm-hmm. they're waking up and knowing what they what they need to do. Um, this was also Wancho Hernan Gomez's uh, first start of the season. Yeah, he had uh, eight points and three rebounds with two made threes. So, I mean, that's all you can really ask for yeah. from the small forward position for right now because Toy Craig wasn't really cutting it. Yeah. I mean, I I really like um, that they started Wancho just because I mean like. The game before we were talking about the offense just starts out so slow. So you got to do something different. You got to mix it up at some point. And Wancho, he's an ex- He's a really good offensive player. Mm-hmm. Doesn't create for a shot quite as much, but he's he spreads the floor a lot better than Torrey Craig does because of his ability to shoot. And I mean, yeah, he he played he played good enough. I feel like to warrant a star. I mean, he shot two for three from beyond the arc, and that's plenty good for for any team in the league. And I mean, I don't know. He did good enough, but. The team overall just did not do that. Yeah. The uh, Nuggets were actually able to keep Milwaukee's bench pretty quiet, which the Nuggets have actually done a pretty good job in mm-hmm. recent games of keeping like the, the opposing team's benches quiet. But um, that came with the cost of uh, every single starter for Milwaukee besides maybe Eric Bledsoe uh, uh-huh. just doing really, really well. Uh, Giannis Attentacumpo had 22 points, 9 rebounds, and 8 assists. And he shot 11 for 16 from the field. Chris Milton had 21 points, 5 mm-hmm. rebounds, and shot 8 for 12 from the field. And Malcolm Brogdon had 20 points, 6 rebounds, and 5 assists. And he shot 7 for 13 from the field. So as you can see, those are all really high field goal percentages. Like the Nuggets just were not able to crack yeah. down on those three. And uh, Mason Plumley was also, this was probably his worst performance of the season. 1.1 rebound. And two assists. Yeah. And then he only had one shot, but uh, I believe it was a last-second three-point attempt. So okay. can't really fault him for that. But, yeah, the Nuggets were just not able to keep the starters, the Milwaukee starters, from uh, raking havoc. And uh, 
kind of at the end of the game, the Nuggets kind of fell apart. As I talked about before, like their their late game execution has just not been great over the last few games. They had a couple turnovers, <clears throat> a t- couple turnovers, and uh, Gary Harris kind of had that mental error at the end. Uh, he fouled Chris Middleton with 32 seconds left, and the Nuggets were down by three. And uh, Middleton made those two free throws to put the Bucks up by five, and then Denver turned it mm-hmm. over, which ultimately sealed the game for them. So yeah, it's kind of a weird um thing that I'm starting to notice with the Nuggets too. With their um, I mean, I they've always kind of done this with Jokic, but they'll take him out and somewhere in the third quarter, late in the third quarter or so, and then they'll have Jokic sit out for six minutes, and then when he comes back in the game, there's about six minutes left in the game. And, like, whenever he comes back, the, the, I mean, it just looks like usually at this point in the fourth quarter, starting to go downhill for the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. So it's time for Jokic. He's like, we got to do something with our, with our offense because we're down by points, you know. And then for some reason, the Nuggets just can't play. And I, I mean, I just I want to see a change in when, like, when they put in Jokic because I feel like six minutes is just not long enough for the offense to gain, to gain ground and start to – but I want to see that last squad that we put on the floor a little bit earlier. I want to see them um, work out, like, kind of keep it closer, faster. Because six minutes, I mean, with it, it's a lot of time in basketball. But at the same time, you kind of feel like, like, oh, man, the game's almost ending, so we need points now. So it's just kind of a unique situation. And, I mean, it's not like Jokic is playing a lot of minutes either. He's only playing something like 30 minutes per game. Yeah, he's playing 29.6 minutes per game. So you can suffer, put him in there. At that the eight minute mark or ten minute mark, just see what happens because right now the fourth quarter and the first quarter are absolutely poop <laughs> for the Nuggets' offense and also their defense. So I would like to see a change in that fashion, and especially with Mason Plumley putting up one point, one rebound, and two assists. One rebound for a player like Mason Plumley should never happen. Mm-hmm. So gotta change something. Yeah, especially when you look at, like, as I said before, you just look at how Milwaukee Stars did. So they were kind of in the groove from the get-go, and then obviously that's going to be their crunch time lineup. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. if the Nuggets can get that kind of role going too, then they'll be able to finish out games a lot better. Mm-hmm. I mean, Giannis, um, Giannis, not Giannis, Giannis is going to get, I mean, he's a really good player. Uh-huh. He's going to be an MVP candidate for sure. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm okay with him getting 22. Middleton's a pure scorer. Fine with him really getting 21, but like Malcolm Brogdon should not get 20 points per game. You know, he's not, he's just not that, he's just not that good offensively. I mean, he's a good player overall, but like 20 points, he's not a 20 point guy. And Mm -hmm. just, again, just poor execution on, on defense on just certain players. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And then lastly, recapping uh, last night's game against Houston, it was the uh, debut of the city edition jerseys for the Nuggets. Uh, we'll touch a little bit more on those jerseys in a bit. Mm-hmm. But the uh, Nuggets did lose their fourth straight game last night, 99-109. to 109. Um, Yeah, it was just one of – I feel like it was kind of one of those games. Like, they're playing the Rockets, and I feel like the Nuggets just don't really do well against the Rockets, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, um, kind of some common themes. They once again failed to uh, contain an athletic center. In Clint Capella, he had 24 points. He actually only had nine rebounds, which is below C as an average. So I guess there's a positive out of that. But mm-hmm. uh, he shot 11 for 15 from the field, and there is just there is just certain instances where he was left wide open under the basket for easy dunks. 
uh, James Ennis had 16 points and he shot six for eight overall. And I don't know if that had to do with like a lot of the switches they had, but someone like James Ennis should not be getting 16 points on that good of field goal percentage. Um, Wancho also started again, but he only had six points in 38 minutes. And you just want more from him, you know, in that, like just that amount of playing time, you want to see a little bit more from Wancho. Um, Malik Beasley actually only played six minutes in this game, which is really surprising, mm-hmm. at least for me, um, especially because I feel like even though Malik Beasley's not a lockdown defender, he's definitely athletic enough to keep up with James Harden and Chris Paul. And just the fact that he didn't really play a lot and Wancho played that much when Wancho's not exactly a defensive stalwart in his own, is just kind of surprising. And I don't think there is really an explanation given for that. But uh, Monte Morris had another great game. 19 points, 6 assists, 3 for 6 from 3-point line, and he shot 7 for 11 from the field. So it's just, um, especially with Jamal Murray kind of struggling a little bit lately with playmaking uh, responsibilities, having Monte Morris come in to kind of set the pace and calm things down a little from a playmaking standpoint, that's been really good for the Nuggets lately. Mm-hmm. Monte Morris actually finished out the game alongside uh Jamal Murray and Gary Harris. Mm-hmm. So that was really interesting to see. Yeah, that's one of my favorite lineups that the Nuggets have out there is Monty Morris, Gary Harris, and Jamal Murray because, I mean, Gary Harris is a, a big guy, mm-hmm. but he can still guard smaller, small forwards. And, like, he, he can hold his own because he's just so good on defense. And Jamal Murray, I mean, he I mean, as good as he is, he's still more of a natural two-guard. He's not much – I mean – He's a really good point guard, but he's still more of a natural two guard, and he's he can do a lot. I feel like he's a lot better playmaker from that two guard position, and letting Monte Morris kind of bring the ball up and set up the offense that way. So yeah, I mean Monte Morris. I mean, as bad as these past four games have been, he's been he's been really good. He's been really solid, and every time we watch him, he just looks really consistent, and his uh, decision making is really good. He's really decisive with the ball. He knows where he wants to go with the ball. And um, he he knows his role. He 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 knows when to shoot the ball and not to shoot shoot the ball. And that's why he shot seven for eleven um, against Houston because that type of player you just know when to shoot the ball. And clearly he does. And um, I thought uh, another good player from the last game was Jokic. He shot four. He had fourteen points, twelve rebounds, and seven assists. So uh, only fourteen points, but twelve rebounds and seven assists is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like. Jokic the past three games now ha- has been pretty good, and yeah. it's just it's nice to see that he's now um, kind of gaining back his confidence and everything. And, um, so that's so that's a really good highlight too. Yeah, um, even though they have been on a losing streak, there are some positives, and I think Monty Morris has been a big part of that. But yeah, the the crunch time lineup last night was uh, Monty Morris, Jamal Murray. Uh, Gary Harris, Wancho, and uh, Jokic because Paul Millsap was in a little bit of foul trouble. But yeah, those lineups, that lineup can definitely work, especially when you're playing someone like Houston, who tends to kind of shift to the small ball lineups mm-hmm. a lot. So um, going forward, it'll be a really interesting to see how this develops, especially because when Torrey Craig was in the starting lineup, we didn't really know how Mike Mullen was going to address the situation. And now he has Wancho playing 38 minutes. So. I really like Wancho. Yeah. I think he's a really good player. And I think he has a lot of potential just because, I mean, I know we always, well, I mean, we don't really bag on his defense, but we do bag on his defense because <laughs> it's trash. But, like, he's 
he could still hold his own. Like, mm-hmm. he shows flashes where he's really good uh, defensively. Mm-hmm. Like, that one game-saving block that he had. He's, he, he shows flashes. But he's not a player right now that can just give you 38 minutes. Yeah. I just don't think he's, he's a consistent enough player right now um, to play 38 minutes. Maybe next year he's able to do that. Mm-hmm. But a guy like Wancho that sometimes... I mean, was it five, six games ago? He played zero minutes. Yeah. And then you ask him to play 38 minutes. I just don't feel like – I think Michael Malone is a great coach, but I don't think you should put your players in a position where you play him zero minutes and you play him 38 minutes in, in, in a few other games. So that's just something – I mean, he's good. But, like, Michael Malone, please give me some some consistent play here. So Yeah, and speaking of rotations, uh, Troy Craig actually did play a little bit off he the did. last night. And he actually played relatively well. He had five points, if I remember correctly, and he shot perfect from the field. He had a nice backdoor cut for a dunk, and then he had a made three, actually, which mm-hmm. is really surprising for Torrey Craig. So, yeah, like you said, I think the rotation just needs to be set a little bit more uh, consistently just to keep players' confidence mm-hmm. levels uh, high. And, yeah, it's just really interesting to see how the lineups are going to be moving forward, especially if – Paul Millsap isn't going to be on the court. See Wancho playing that power mm-hmm. forward position, and Gary Harris at the small forward yeah. position as well. So yeah, it'll just be really interesting to see how um, the lineups look tomorrow night. Yeah, like we were just talking earlier. I mean, um, like these lineup changes. Like we're really missing Will Barn in these situations because he's a guy that can play those positions that usually clearly Tory Craig would play or Wancho would play. So. We're just missing that consistent player to play those consistent minutes for us. So, again, just missing Will Barn, man. It's yeah. getting rough without him, it yeah. seems like. And uh, speaking of Will Barn, him, Isaiah Thomas, and Michael Carter Jr. are actually taking shots mm-hmm. at the end of practice today. So that's really promising to see. Um, hopefully, Will Barton and Isaiah Thomas are back by December. And then um, if Michael Porter Jr. is healthy enough, he'll hopefully be back by January. So... Mm-hmm. Um, until then, we'll see how the rotation looks. But the Nuggets play the Atlanta Hawks tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time at Pepsi Center. Um, the Nuggets have not been very good lately, as you've been listening. But uh, they rank 28th in pace and 17th in turnover rate since their losing streak, which is not really great because I feel like the Nuggets – and you've touched on this before. The Nuggets are really good when they get out and run. Mm-hmm. So to see them ranked that low in pace is really troubling to see, especially when you look at the players that they have. And then obviously turnovers, like you need to cut down on those, especially in the fourth quarter. Uh, the Nuggets have also had a super low defensive rating. They're the second lowest since November 7th. And uh, only the Brooklyn Nets, that the Nuggets lost to are worse, so that's really mm-hmm. troubling to see as well. Uh, Jokic, in his uh, interviews, has also been pretty timid with the media since he got fined for his comment, but uh, thankfully that hasn't really translated over to his on-court performances, mm-hmm. but it's kind of unfortunate to see, um, especially for someone whose language, second language is English, um, that he's kind of really scared to like talk to the media mm-hmm. now, and uh, hopefully he kind of gets it worked out. But uh, our keys to the game for uh, tomorrow is contain Atlanta's big three, which is Trey Young, Tarian Prince, and uh, Kent Bazemore. Trey Young is having an excellent rookie season, mm-hmm. 17.5 points per game, 8.2 8. assists per game, 
He's attempting six threes a game. Hey man, shoot what you know what to shoot. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's that's definitely a lot. But that's he's a lot. he's only making about thirty percent. So I think it's twenty nine percent is what he was Yeah, shooting. and then he averages about four turnovers. No correction, twenty six percent. Twenty six, yeah. So shoots a lot, but uh, yeah, you know, shoot or shoot. But yeah, he has four turnovers a game. So um, I think he'll be really important for uh, the guards to kind of pressure Trey Young and make sure he doesn't get the space mm-hmm. to uh, operate, and then that will kind of. Um, help cancel him out. Tarion Prince is averaging 15.8 points per game, attempting seven three-pointers per game. Yeah. So uh, I really like Tarion Prince. I think he's probably Atlanta's actual, actually the best player on that team. I thought last season he was really good, and I thought he really improved. Um, he's a guy that shoots 42% uh, percent from the field, and what's really surprising, he shoots 36% from three-pointers, which, I mean... That is a really good number. He shoots 80, 88% from from the free throw line. I think he's a really good player. So that's a, I mean, it's pro, I mean, hopefully they can keep Young and Prince down in their points per um their points uh, tomorrow night. And I think those are those are the two guys you really want to contain because, as we all know, um Trey Young can really can really um shoot lights out from deep even if he's only shooting 26% from three. Mm-hmm. He can always shoot five for six tomorrow or yeah. seven for eight, whatever it may be. So. Yeah, and the last of that big three is uh, Kent Bazemore, who uh, has really had a meteoric rise over the last several years, going from a bench warmer to now kind of a multi-million dollar starter on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's averaging 15 points per game. Uh, he's attempting about five threes per game. So kind of just want to limit these three on the perimeter as well because mm-hmm. they do get up a lot of shots from beyond the arc. So I think if you're able to contain those three, the Nuggets should not have any trouble winning the game tomorrow and then um the last two keys dominate on the glass Dwayne Dedman is a, is Atlanta's best rebounder but he only gets 6.2 rebounds per game it's really surprising because so, he's really good on yeah. the glass I feel like yeah so Jokic should be able to have a field day hopefully and maybe Plumlee mm-hmm. will do well on the glass as well and then just the last key be assertive in the fourth like the Nuggets have just not looked great in the fourth quarter as of late and they really need to finish strong if they want to be able to win another game. I mean, obviously, they're probably not going to lose the rest of their games this season, but just being assertive in the fourth can really help them out when closing out games. Yeah, I'm really excited to see how Jokic plays against Alex Lynn and uh, join them in tomorrow night. Um, for some reason, I always feel like Jokic plays really, really well against athletic guys because all they want to do is block shots and you know, Dwayne Dedman and Alex Lynn are both going to want to block Jokic shots. Mm-hmm. So he should give him a couple pump fakes, do a little flop, and make an and one. <laughs> so hopefully he does that. And I, I have a feeling that he's going to do really well. So, And also, I just want to say something, too, for a key. I want to see um, kind of Jamal Murray and both Gary Harris shoot better from three. I mean, we haven't really talked too much about it, but... Um, Murray is only shooting 27% from three. Oh, man. And then uh, Harris is only shooting 29% from three. And Murray and Harris are supposed to be our best three-point shooters on the Mm -hmm. team. And I know a lot of times Murray has to take, like, a last-second shot clock three-pointer, which is fine. But you still should not be shooting 27% from three. That should be a minute um, amount of your three. So, and, I mean, our best um, three-point shooter – Right now is actually Paul Mills. I mean, not counting 
Um, Will Barn, who's shooting 55% from three, but he's only played two games, so you kind of have to take that out of context. Yeah. Paul Millsap shooting 40% from three. Notoriously not a great three-point yeah. shooter. And then Monty Morris, who's a pretty good three-point shooter, shooting 40%. And Wancho is shooting 44% from three. So our big guys, and besides Monte Morris, are shooting a lot better mm-hmm. than our two really good shooting guards. Yeah. So I want to see them shoot the ball well from three. That's my soapbox on that. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd actually argue that uh, from just from a pure three-point perspective, I'd say that Wancho is the best three-point shooter on the team. But I do agree that Jamal and uh, Gary Harris have been I actually did not realize they were shooting that badly from mm-hmm. three, but they definitely do need to improve from that standpoint. Looking at the Nuggets uh, injury report, pretty much nothing unchanged from uh, the previous podcast. Will Barton, Michael Porter, Isaiah Thomas, and Jared Vanderbilt, uh, they all had surgeries, so they'll still be out for quite a while. And then looking at the Hawks side, Justin Anderson is uh, day-to-day with a leg injury, but he was listed as out for last night's game mm-hmm. against Golden State. So um, I don't think he will play. Is it home or is it um, away from the Nuggets? Yeah, it's a home game. From the Nuggets? Yeah. Okay. So I don't think Justin Anderson will be playing tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's not really in the rotation as it is. John Collins has been out for quite a while with uh, ankle inflammation and soreness. So they're still trying to get him uh, – like scrimmaging and on the court and just being out there and playing basketball. And then uh, Dwayne Dedman actually had a, a personal issue last night. So uh, he might Do you know not, what it is? I actually don't off the top of my head. I don't head, know what it is. I don't know what it is. Yeah, that's, that's kind of interesting to note. Um, but uh, it remains to be seen whether Dwayne Dedman will – yeah, Dwayne Dedman, whenever he does play, I think he's only playing, I mean, like we were talking, he's, he's a really good rebounder. Like, that's kind of what he's known for. That's more of his role. I was curious to see why he was only getting um, six rebounds a game, and he's only playing under 20 minutes per game. So, I mean, six rebounds in 20 minutes is pretty good. Mm-hmm. So, it's kind of an interesting tidbit, and it looks like him and Alex Lynn are kind of splitting those, uh, those uh, center duties. It looks like. Yeah, actually, now that I look at it, Alex Lynn has been the starter. He has. Yeah, he's been starting. But it's kind of surprising because Alex Lynn, when he played, was on the Suns, right? Yeah. Right? He was trash. Not going to lie. He's not good. I mean, he's he's fine. He's an NBA player. He's good. But he's trash <laughs> considered the other guys around him. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but Dwayne Dedman actually has been out for uh, the last three games in uh Hmm. As of right now, he is out for tomorrow's game, according to Chris Vivlamore of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. So that's a little bit more uh, positive for the Nuggets. Uh, obviously not for Dwayne Dedman. Uh, we hope that whatever he's dealing with right now mm-hmm. is not too bad. But yeah, that just takes out another big man that the Hawks have to utilize. And uh, Jokic should be able to do really well against Alex Lynn, and then I'm guessing Miles Plumley will be the backup center. I really hope it's him. So, yeah, that'll be interesting to it'll see be. a Plumley versus Plumley battle, too. Yeah. So, uh, that'll be good to see. And then uh, we talked about Trey Young earlier. We did. Who do you think is your uh, rookie of the year candidate right now? Um. Okay. I haven't been paying too close to the rookies unless they play against the Nuggets. And, well, one guy that keeps on kind of, I keep on seeing right now, 
Um, as good as I mean, I didn't think Trey Young was going to be as good as he is right now. But one guy that really stands out to me is uh, Luka Doncic. Mm-hmm. And man, I think like I haven't seen an actual game he's played in, but I've seen clips of him. Which is, I know it's only like a small tidbit of a story, <laughs> but he look. I mean, in those things, he looks good. His shot looks good. He, his passing looks really good. And then, I mean, it just he had like. It's it's like almost like an aura of like where he's like he's he just has like that type of feel that you know like man this guy's good mm-hmm. like you guys like guys like I'm not comparing him to like this guy but like you watch LeBron and you're like man that guy's good mm-hmm. so like I kind of kind of get that from him where like I watch I like those clips I watch him like man this guy's really good and his ability to like shoot the ball and pass the ball. It's just uh, something that I see with Jokic too. So I just, I mean, just not. I mean, good for him being an international player mm-hmm. and being able to do this because, I mean, they're kind of notorious right now for being a lot of busts lately. Mm-hmm. So I hope he really breaks through, just so kind of like that stigma can get broken too. Yeah, I would agree. Luka Doncic has looked really good lately, um, especially with guys like Dirk out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really allowed uh, Rick Carlisle to utilize some different lineups. Um, but yeah, Luka Doncic has been really good. He played for Real Madrid in the Spanish Basketball League before coming over. So that also helps as well. Yeah, that league's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wendell Carter Jr. for the Bulls, I think, has been a really good as well. Uh, we mentioned him on a past podcast when they played the Nuggets. He's just a really good guy. And then obviously, Trey Young. But uh, what are your thoughts on DeAndre Ayton of the Suns? <laughs> <laughs> I know we talked mean, a little bit about him. We, yeah, we've, we've talked a little because if you guys watch our, I mean, not watch, but listen to our podcast, we talked about when the Phoenix Suns played uh, um, the Nuggets. And uh, when we watched them, because we were actually at the game, um, we, got, we we watched him warm up and tell you what, he's a big dude. Yeah. He's a really big guy. He looks athletic. He is athletic. Mm-hmm. But he looked awful when he played the Nuggets. He did not look good. Um, I don't know what his stats are off the top of my head, but when I watched him play that night, I don't know if it was just because he was he was playing against a really good center in uh, Jokic, but he just did not look like he was he was into it. Like he didn't look like he was focused. He didn't look like he really wanted to to win that badly. And it's just I don't know if it's just maybe it's like I don't know what it was, but he didn't he 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 did not he did not look that great. Um, his defense looked awful for how athletic he is, mm-hmm. but uh, I think he—I mean—he was drafted first overall, and there's a reason why he's draft, drafted first overall. So I mean, I'm sure he—he he has a lot of—he clearly has a lot of room to grow, and I bet—I I bet he will be a good player in in the future. But right now, he—he um, he just doesn't look that great. So yeah, I would agree with that assessment, uh, DeAndre. I mean, he is. I think he started off the season with, I think it was six straight double-doubles. So that's really good. But, yeah, his work on the defensive side is mm-hmm. just really – it's it's a process. But that was also the knock on him in his one season at Arizona. So um, as with all rookies, like defense is not really something you can teach. So, um, yeah, I think it will be a promising career for DeAndre. Yeah. And it's just a matter of – whether the Suns can surround him with players that like will help him succeed, like Devin Booker. So we'll yeah. just have to see. I mean, he is. I mean, I'm looking at his stats right now. Um, he's having a he's having a pretty darn look, good good looking rookie season. He's almost averaging 16 points per game, 
shooting 60% from the field. Really stellar. I mean, I know he's a center, so he should be shooting that. But, like, that's really good as a rookie. Mm-hmm. And he's averaging over 10 rebounds a, a game. Um, so, I mean, he's doing really good. He's only averaging 2.7 fouls per game. And when he played against Jokic, that's all he could <laughs> do was foul. Yeah. But, I mean, that's that's a lot of uh, centers that play against Jokic. He's just able to draw those fouls. But, yeah, he's doing okay. Um, but that's one thing I think that the big knock on, on when, when we watched that game was definitely his – ability to really guard anywhere like his rim protection was down the drain post defense was not very good but offensively clearly really really good player kind of going back to luca right now the, the kind of the rookie i'm really looking at he's having a really great season 19 points per game um those those are really similar numbers to donovan mitchell who yeah. averaged 20 points per game and i think that guy's really good That's so right. i mean I mean, if you're a rookie, almost averaging 20 points per game, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. Shooting excellent from the field, 47%, and he's shooting 38% from three. I mean, as a rookie in the NBA, shooting 38% from from three is just something that not everyone does. Yeah. So, I mean, kudos to this kid. And I think that, that Mavericks team, they have some pretty darn good mm-hmm. good players. They have him and um, Dennis Smith Jr., both players I really like. I mean – I, I, I like that franchise, and I like those two players on that franchise. I think they both have really promising careers. Mm-hmm. And I think their games really complement each other, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was the biggest issue that uh, people were discussing when the Mavericks drafted Doncic, is whether mm-hmm. um, Dennis Smith and Luka Doncic would be able to kind of be compatible because they're both really ball-dominant players. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so seeing that is just... It's really good for Mavericks fans. Yeah, it's really good for Mavericks. I mean, unfortunately, I don't think their team's doing that great overall, but no. they're really young. Yeah. So, I mean, it's part of the growing pains, but, I mean, you got some really good players on our team. So And they're, Luka Doncic is 19 years old. All right? <laughs> we're both older than him. <laughs> we're both older than this guy. So, I feel like I'm a young spark chicken. So imagine <laughs> this guy. <laughs> yeah. so. Uh, but one player uh, I want to bring up who's probably not a candidate for uh, Rookie of the Year, mm. but he has been a surprising story this year, is Alonzo Trier on the Knicks from the University of Arizona. Uh, he had a couple issues last season when he was playing for Arizona, most notably uh, PEDs, so he was suspended for a while. And I think that kind of scared away a couple teams, but the Knicks were willing to take a chance on him, sign him to a two-way deal, and uh, he's really been paying dividends for them right now, averaging about 11 points per game. Shooting 48% from the field, which is really good. And he's not even starting for them. So um, that's just a really great diamond in the rough that the Knicks were able mm-hmm. to find. I mean, he's average. what was it, um, 11 points per game, and he's only playing 24 minutes per game. So, I mean, if you look, I mean, I imagine if you look at his uh, um, stats per 36 minutes, what so many people do, I bet his numbers are, are really high compared to a lot of other players. So what, what does it say? 17 points per game if you played 36 points yeah. for a rookie it's really good mm-hmm. that's really darn good and a rookie I, did they, they didn't draft him right wasn't no. he undrafted yeah, right undrafted. undrafted guy giving you 17 points in 36 minutes i like those <laughs> i like those are that's some good stats yeah so but yeah it looks like uh our podcast is coming to a close for this week um uh, this is Definitely been by far our longest one. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, just a lot of great content. Obviously not a great week for the Nuggets, but uh, hopefully they can tune it around tomorrow night against the Hawks. But, uh, yeah, until next time, uh, I'm Derek Lee. 
I'm Drew Gherkin. And this has been Nuggets with Altitude.